Hey everybody, welcome to the Daily Grind with Odie and Welch. I am so, so excited for so many reasons right now. One, it's a video, so you get to see my hand movements, but also because I get to have the wonderful Kaylee Green. You can kind of see her on the screen. I don't know if she's gonna go to the left or the right when this posts, but she is from Amore a Virtual Assistant, and she is just amazing. She came into my life as a godsend, and I really wanted to feature how important it is whether you're a solopreneur or a big head company to have a virtual assistant and what it's like going through those things in business. And also she's in Scotland, so we get to hear a fun accent. So hi, Kaylee, thanks for coming. Hi, Odin, thank you so much for having me. So Kaylee, I first have to say thank you so much for working around the time zone difference because right now it's three in the afternoon where I am and it's like 11 o'clock for you. We are 10 o'clock, it's 10 p.m. here. 10 p.m. on a nice Sunday evening. <laughs> ah, so it's still early. So other than doing like podcasts at 10 o'clock at night, as being a virtual assistant, does that mean you sometimes work at 10 o'clock at night? Absolutely, yeah. I work a lot of evenings because of the time difference, um, I have to be around when my clients are around. So I work, I work their hours. Ah, which is like everyone's dream in some ways. So mm -hmm. why did you become a virtual assistant? Okay, I have been an administrator in customer service and sales for a long, long time. Um, and one of the things I've always done is work for other people and I wanted to work for myself. And I wanted to give my skills to people that might not necessarily need somebody full time, but they do need somebody that has my skills um, just a little bit of the time and just to help them. And it means I get to meet lots and lots of new and different people. Um, and basically it means I get to be out on my own doing my own thing. And it's different every day. I have so many different clients that are just so different and varied. It, it makes for a good mix of a, a week. So if someone's thinking about becoming a virtual assistant, like how do they become a virtual assistant and how do you get clients? Okay, mine happened, I, I've wanted to do this for a very long time, um, but it happened really kind of on the, not spare of the moment, but it happened really quick for me. Um, I had been putting feelers out, I'd kind of created a Facebook page, um, put my kind of services together, like almost like a CV of all my skills of what I could do. Um, and then I started scouring the internet to find out what everybody else was doing and realizing that my concept of what I wanted to do was actually a thing. Virtual assistance is a, is a big thing. Um, and I just put the feelers out. Um, I joined Facebook groups, social media, you know, different channels. And I just started asking questions, commenting on posts and basically putting myself out there. And with that, other people like yourself engaged with me, got in contact with me, and I was able to get in contact with the likes of yourself because they were putting posts on and they were asking questions. Um, so that it meant that we could connect because we had similar similar needs. I needed clients, they needed the assistance. Ah, and so thinking about this for a long time. And I think as entrepreneurs, uh -huh. we get really nervous. We're like, do we take the plunge? So what, was your motivation for taking the plunge? Okay, my my biggest kind of setbacks, my biggest holdbacks is myself and um, believing in me that I can actually do it. Um, and I also had, um, or still have right now, um, a steady job. I have a steady job that brings me in an income and it's safe and secure and it's fine. However, it's not my dream. It's not what I want to do. 
So it was about making that plunge and it was about stepping past that, um, that scary step. Um, and now my notice is in, I will be fully self-employed as if the 4th of November. So it has been amazing to, to kind of just make that plunge and go across that barrier that it was, it was all me. It was all just, just me holding myself back for, for silly reasons, the security, the, you know, the finance. But I think when you kind of let go a little bit and, and realize that you can have all of that, it's just work, um, then just go for it. <laughs> was there like a pivotal moment or like quote that you read and you're like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there because putting ourselves out there so much of the time is the biggest step. And we have like all the negative little thoughts in our head or like, was there someone in your life who was like, just go do it? Like, yes. Yeah. My partner's really, really supportive. Um, I've had some, some previous relationships that were really not supportive. And um, so that's kind of put you in your box and it kind of makes you think that you stay within your comfort zone. Um, and my, my partner that I have now is really, really supportive and he's really built me up to believe that I can do absolutely anything that I want Aww. to do. Um, but with that, I still needed to do a lot of self, um, self healing and a lot of self um, kind of taking care of me. And that's what he's given me. He's given me the, be, um, the power to be able to, um, to build myself up to kind of go for it. Um, you know, we're also getting married. There's lots of other things that are going on. So with everything that's good that's happening in my life, it's kind of given me the power to go, do you know what? I can do this too. Yeah. And it's so important, especially as women. You know, we end up with a partner who might not necessarily be the best partner, but they mm -hmm. might be like our job and be safe or secure. And we start shrinking to meet their needs. Yeah. So yeah. what what do you do to make sure you don't shrink now for someone's needs? Okay. I think one of the things that I made massively different from my previous relationships to this relationship is I now, I now know who I am and you know, like I know who I want to be. So I, I don't feel that I'm going to let that happen again because it's, it was hard. It was awful. It was, and being with somebody that builds you up and is so different, you now understand we complement each other. And we build off each other's success, which is so different from when you have somebody that shrinks you down and makes you feel that way. It, when you get somebody that's on your level and your partners, it's different. It's massively different. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think in like the entrepreneur world, like so much of it never talks about how important a relationship is. But as mm -hmm. women, we're like it's like the pressure, you know, as an entrepreneur, like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get a husband? When are you going to have kids? Oh, mm -hmm. have kids and a husband. You shouldn't be an entrepreneur. So to find someone who balances that for you, is super cool. Yeah, absolutely. And for, for me, I, it's kind of like second time round, which is, which is even better. But I think for, for me, it was really important. Like I feel like I had to go through those hard times and the wrong times to know that it's right because I'd have never stepped into my, 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 my job, my, my business ever in the past. So I needed to get to this point to be able to really let go and find me. Mm. So it's like you have kids too. So how do you balance being a mom and being an entrepreneur? Uh, uh, juggling, 
<laughs> it's it's I'm not gonna say it's easy. It's it's crazy hard because my schedule is twenty four seven, and there's the cooking to do, the cleaning to do, the business to do, the uh, everything. It's there's everything. We're building a house. We're getting married. There's so much to get done, but at the same time, it's just like my administration. You just put everything in its box and you just get it done because it all needs done. So for me, I just try and structure it the best I can. I drop the ball probably every day. Um, but also my children, like my partner, are very supportive. I have, um, I, I talk to them and I tell them why mommy's busy, why mommy's at the computer all the time, why mommy's on the phone. And so they understand, but it also means that they're really proud of me too. And I've got to say my children are more proud of me now doing my own business than they ever were me leaving the door to go to work. Oh, and they tell me all the time, my mommy works so hard. And that is a really nice feeling. Uh, I love that. So speaking of feelings, I, as you know, I'm like a big advocate for mental health. Mm -hmm. So those feelings of like self-doubt or what the heck I'm doing or any of those negative feelings, what strategies do you use to make sure you kind of stay in that positive zone? Okay. Um, one of the things that I've had to really learn to deal with is the fact that you can let all of that negativity in and you can let it rule everything of you. You can let it leave you on the sofa and you can let it drown in the bottom of ice cream or sit on Facebook for hours doing nothing, but that doesn't achieve you anything. You know, at the end of the day, the problem is still there. So for me now, and I'm not saying this is all, I've had to learn this, is now I've, I, I deal with it. Now I, you know, I put it into like a physical thing. Why am I feeling um, down? Why am I feeling sad? And once I've got a reason for it, I can understand it. I'm quite a controlling person. I have quite a controlling um, personality. So once I can explain it and can control it, I can also tell it to go away. <laughs> You're like, get out of here. Please yeah. learn that. So what tools and resources did you learn, did you use to learn um, to work on yourself with? Okay, I have, I have read a lot of books um, and, and self-help and, and, and reached out to a lot, lots of entrepreneurs, like I've read your book, uh, which was fantastic, Abs absolutely fantastic. And I would promote anybody to read it, especially if they're gonna be into an entrepreneur because it really does speak to anybody that's been through depression or any sort of anxieties. Um, the other types of books that I've read is The Miracle Morning by Hal Enroyd, um, which was fab, absolutely fab. Um, and if you hate mornings, you'll learn to love them. <laughs> um, another one that I read, which um, it had me in tears throughout the whole book, but it was so fantastic, was um, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Oh, I've been wanting to read that. It is fantastic and it just gives you such a positive insight to how you can be. Um, and the most latest, latest one, which and the best one I think by far is called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. I feel like I've read that one. Or maybe it's it in your playlist. I think it's in your playlist. Okay. Um, but it is amazing and it is literally so simple. As in, when you start to have a thought like, I need to go and get this, or I need to go and do this, you literally, five, four, three, two, one, and you do it. 
Oh, no yeah. Hesitation. No hesitation. And I've really been, I've taken that on board massively straight from the off, from literally chapter one. I just thought, you know what? This makes sense. And she started from just getting up in the morning and I struggle to get up in the morning. I press that snooze button so many times. I have like 10 different alarms that all go off. Like I can't yeah. even. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the exact same. My snooze button is my friend. It gives me 10 extra minutes and then it gives me 10 extra more minutes and it's my friend, but it's not. It's really not. And that has been fantastic for me. And the one of the other tools that she talks about, which is a real issue for me, is procrastination. You know, by, you know, literally sitting looking through Facebook for three hours rather than doing my work, you know, that type of thing, you know, cooking the tea and the pasta's boiling over because I'm sat watching YouTube videos, you know, things like that. And I could never understand why I did it. I always just thought, oh, it's just, I'm just lazy. You know, I would be starting to cook and I'd get bored. And the way she explains it and the actual science, when you understand it, you kind of give yourself a break a little bit and you kind of realize that there's maybe more going on that you need to deal with. And once you deal with that, it makes you so much more productive. Mm. So what's my excuse for when I burn food and I'm not actually procrastinating? Because I've burned a lot of dishes standing right in front of the stove. You just need to take your time. My, my lovely partner, he's also a chef, so he taught me how to cook, so I can't even claim that one. Oh well, yeah, I'll be like, how did this happen? Like, it's interesting because I've been really, um, there was a period of time where food prep was my life and I dropped the ball on it. So I've been really like, okay, I got to get back into food prep. I got to uh -huh. make sure I'm doing it and I might have like three dishes going at once. I'll be all excited about one and then maybe I'll just go get a glass of water or something and then I burn the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. My biggest tip that he always gave, that my, my lovely partner who's a chef gave me was, was it's all in the timing and to slow things down. And that, that's the same about life. If you slow down and do things in manageable chunks, it gets done properly. So for me, like I used to cook and I'd be like having everything go at a million miles and, you know, the. Okay, as soon as you, as soon as you calm down and have it all done, it, it works. Ah. Hmm. I don't know if I'm ready for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Start small. Start yeah. small. So speaking of calming down, I know you have a lot of like Canadian American clients. Mm -hmm. and you're in Scotland and I know like when you watch like here when we watch movies like Europe always looks so like laissez-faire like la-di-da we're gonna take a stroll for six hours and nothing happens fast and I feel like North America is always portrayed as this like go 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 and <laughs> even though that does happen do you find that um there's differences in work styles between working with like your North American clients versus your European clients yeah, uh, yes, yes and no. I mean, entrepreneurs, I think, are kind of very similar throughout the world. I think everybody's wanting to go for it. And I think I gravitate towards a certain type of person. But no, there definitely are some differences um, in, in styles of work for the Canadians and the North Americans to, to, the, to the European side of things. I find, um, I don't know if I should say this, you guys across there are quite positive and pumped and everything's um, good and new and exciting. Sometimes over here, it's a little bit more um, corporate. We're very, um, you know, we're quite strict with things and quite businessy. And whereas you guys, 
I, you know, all my Canadian clients are all, you know, we're very much friends, you know, we're very, you know, there's a really good relationship there where sometimes I find my European clients, it's very, let's have a business, but that's their personalities. It's maybe that that's all I've just found. But, um, but that's why I like my Canadians. So many like Canadians and North Americans are grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, none of my clients are grumpy. Ah, that's so interesting that, um, like in Europe, it's still kind of that business, like the business, like we only talk during these times, we mm. only do this. And then in like North America, it's about like building relationships, which is kind of the movement. Yes. So, um, what is the biggest positive you think of having, um, the relationship style and what do you think is a negative? The massive positive is that you get to know your clients better. You get to know them. And for me, I'm quite old fashioned in the fact that I like to know everything about you. I like to know, for instance, I know about your fish. I know about your unicorn onesie. I know that. I know lots of things about you because I've taken the time to get to know you, um, which means I, I can serve you better as your VA. But um, the only negative to that is sometimes, um, you know, you kind of get, you can kind of blur that a little bit. And sometimes you have to pull it back and be like, no, this is work. Um, because we'll get caught chatting and then we'll be chatting about different things and you kind of have to pull it back and go, nope, we need to do some work now. <laughs> it's like the, even though you're in a different country, we can still have water cooler conversations. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but then there's obviously pros and negatives to the other side. Being too corporate can, you know, kind of be a bit standoffish and it's all work and then you don't get to know them as well. Yeah, I... I've been in a lot of very corporate environments and it's like even smiling is not allowed. And I feel like my soul is being sucked out. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, where's the fun? People are like, this isn't exactly. playtime. And I'm like, it's always playtime. <laughs> yeah. You've got to, I mean, I've come from a very customer service background. So the whole smile is, is like, it's a given. It has to be, you even smile down the phone. It's everything's a smile. So to go to anywhere and not smile would just be so hard for me. I, I, I couldn't do it. I love that tip because so McDonald's was my first job and I always got to give credit to McDonald's because McDonald's gave me the best training, like any employer has ever given me. And there was, if you were in drive-through, you literally, if they would come by and make sure you were smiling. So you'd have this big headset on and be like, hi, welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Right. And they're like, every customer can hear it. And now mm -hmm. it's interesting. Cause when I was like 15, I was like, this is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to be in drive-through because if you were in drive-through, you had like a warm jacket and mm -hmm. like, so I would like go over the top. Right. Cause I was like, I want to be in the warm, lazy area and not have to cook and mop <laughs> any of that stuff. It was totally slacker procrastination. But that procrastination led to me having that really good habit. So now, mm -hmm. like, if I do go through a drive-thru and someone's like, what do you want? I'm like, well, I don't even want to order now. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. That's it. No. Yeah, yeah, I learned a long, long time ago. A smile just goes so much, so, so far. And like I say, even down the phone, even, even when no one can see you, if you're smiling, you can hear it. it, it it's there. You, and it gets you... Um, it can get you through the door. It can, you know, it really just opens up. It makes the other person feel so much more, um, you know, it takes the barriers down because you're yeah. smiling. You're happy. And 
I think um, so many of us entrepreneurs, like we all have that one client who are secretly like, oh gosh, please fire me, right? Like I, I think no matter how much we screen our clients, there's always that one client where you're just like, why do I have to have this conversation? Like I had a client for a really long time that didn't understand boundaries in the sense that they thought it would be okay to call me at like 1130 at night because they <laughs> an email from me. And I'm like, just because you received the email doesn't mean you can call. Like there's business hours of operation. And so I'd always be like, oh, and then I'd have to explain it. Right. And then they'd be mad. Like, why didn't you answer my phone call? I saw you. And I'm just like, oh, and so I had to remind myself though, like, okay, this client pays my bills and I actually do enjoy this client. They just don't seem to have this kind of P's and Q's of mm -hmm. business. So, um, but for a while I would catch myself being like, yes, Bob the builder, what do you want? <laughs> right? And I was like, wait, this isn't why he works with me in the first place. And I should be flattered that I'm someone he wants to call at 1130 at night, I think. <laughs> uh, so is there any like since you've been on this journey is there any clients that really reminded you about boundaries that you had to think like okay I have to make sure I let all of my clients know this or you know what when this happens this hurts the relationship was there any curves that you've had so far like that not so far at the moment. I think I've um, taken the time, the clients that I do have, I have taken the time to, to get to know. Um, all the relationships are, are fairly still new, so I think there's still those curveballs to hit me. Um, but I think structuring your time and giving a good expectation of, of what you need to do um, and kind of overcoming it if it doesn't kind of meet the other person. So if you're not quite there, it's about being open and honest and just saying, no, I need to do that. No, let me get on that right now. And vice versa as well. Yeah, that's actually, and it's funny that I just said the 11 o'clock because technically it's like 11 o'clock for you right now. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, yeah. So you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to do this kind of question and I don't normally do it, but you get to see a lot of my life. And so mm -hmm. you see that sometimes I don't sleep. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a bad thing, but so how I get busted, you guys, is because normal people don't know if I'm up at three in the morning. But if I send her something, she's awake because she's 10 hours ahead of me. And she'll be like, you were up when I woke up and you were up when I went to bed. I had to get up really early this morning though. I had to I had a photo shoot for some content creation. So I was out. But that's how I know you don't sleep because if you're still awake when I, my alarm goes off, I you're heard. not you haven't gone to bed yet. And that's when I get to tell you off. Yeah. <laughs> but, so no. I appreciate having somebody who now knows my bad sleep habits sometimes. But do you find since you've become an entrepreneur, have your sleep habits changed? Definitely, definitely. I don't sleep anywhere near as much as I used to sleep. But for me, that is actually a good thing because one of my um, one of my procrastination lazy traits was I was sleeping way too much. I was going to bed at eight o'clock at night. I was sleeping in, and I and I'm the type of person that doesn't cope with too much sleep. There are people out there that need less sleep, and I'm one of them. Oh, I don't <laughs> need less sleep. I need more sleep. No, I. I if I get too much sleep, I'm more lethargic during the day. 
So I'm finding being busy is, is helping me. Sometimes I need some sleep. Like I stayed up way too late last night and I was up way too early this morning. So I will sleep well tonight. But, um, but no, definitely it does affect your sleep. For me, it's been a positive. Um, but, but no, I think, again, you just kind of have to, you have to have an off button. And that's where, again, these kind of self-help books, these, these entrepreneurs that are out there with these books, they, they do teach you how to handle that. And, um, and one, of, one of the tips, I, I can't remember which one it was, but was it was about having a finished day of, end day of work. And it's like set that expectation from the, from the off and kind of then switch your computer off. Haven't managed to do it yet. <laughs> like it's there, it's written there. But I, uh, but I know I should be doing it. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the first step is knowing, because sometimes we don't even know we have a bad habit. Like I've learned if I don't get enough sleep, I can still function, but my memory is not the best. And I'll yeah. forget to do things or I'll be like, crap. But now I, so I love my naps. I get a lot of naps in instead. If I'm on like a workload, I'll take a quick three hour nap. And I have a friend who calls, the, calls them horizontal pauses on life. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Right. And so I think like to anybody who's listening to this, you have to remember to take care of yourself. So whether it's you need more sleep or less sleep or um, both of our positions kind of cause us to sit a lot, whether it's, you know, getting a standing desk or going for a run or putting an inactivity thing on our phone. Like my phone will tell me now if it hasn't moved in two hours, it'll be like, you have not moved in two hours. <gasps> I need one of those. <laughs> and, and I'm like, shh, phone, shh. <laughs> and then I always have to, and it kind of like makes me force my reality because I'm like, okay, well, what have I actually accomplished in these last two hours that I was just mm -hmm. sitting here putting a pound on my butt? Like, <laughs> uh -huh. see, that's where, that's where, like I say, ha having the children uh, and the husband to, to kind of juggle everything. I also have lots of pets. I know you have a beautiful fish. Um, however, I have two dogs and four cats. So somebody is usually telling me that I've sat down for two hours <laughs> and I need to move. Like, oh, um, I love me. My fish doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll set a little alarm in his fish tank. <laughs> but, um, so, that's, so that's really good in my house. Like, like I say, so I do kind of take those natural pauses where things need to get done. But then at the same time, that leads into a whole nother, you know, conversation of homeworking and distractions because sometimes you get distracted um, and then you just have to, yeah, yeah, you have to deal with that as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah, we're going to have to definitely go with just sometimes we get distracted. Yeah. <laughs> so you brought up your pets. You have a lot of pets. I have less pets than I used to. I have, I have scaled down. I used to have like a, like horses and all sorts, bunnies and guinea pigs and all sorts. And I've scaled right down. <laughs> so is there any like habits that you get to watch your pets do where you find that helps you in your business? Like maybe is it like pet love or pet anger? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have that many pets. You know what? The things my, my pets have, have taught me is the fact that life can be simple. It doesn't have to be as hard as what we make it. Um, you know, pets, you know, as long as you feed them, you look after them and they are loved, you know, and you nurture them, you know, they, they can be incredible. My, my, uh, my dogs are the most loyal, loving things in the world. They literally sit at your feet, just, you know, and, and just, they nurture you as much as you nurture them. Um, and that's the one thing that I do get from my pets is the fact that, that they support you because you nurture them. And that's what you need to do with a business. You need to nurture it. And it's consistent. You are there 
24 seven for them, you know, like, like you are with your fish. Um, but like my dogs and my cats, they remind me like a business does, you know, it, it, it's constant. You know, if I don't feed them, they're knocking on my door. They're chopping at the bit to say, what's going on? If I don't let them out, that's not even worth thinking about the mess. Um, so you have, like to, you have to look after it. Yeah, as entrepreneurs. Exactly. You cannot look at your cash flow for two days, but those NSF charges, <laughs> they'll make you look real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, if you look after them and you know everything's going well and you've got, you're on top of everything, you also get so much love back from them. I mean, for instance, my cat's on my bed right now waiting for me to go to bed. <laughs> so he's like, you know, come on, mom, <laughs> um, because he knows that it's bedtime. <laughs> he's like, hurry up, let's go, yeah. let's go. Yeah, the girls, the girl cats all stay downstairs, but the boy cat gets to come to bed. <laughs> Uggler. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, um, like, kind of like the animals, they keep like, I feel like animals are friends, right? And Absolutely. So, how, do you they're my babies they're babies they're babies do you find that you know like being a woman and being a virtual assistant do you find it's easy to make friends with other female virtual assistants do you find it's hard what's something you want to say to like the other female virtual assistants out there what i would say is the biggest thing that we as women need to do is just support each other it has to be a team um, because there's so many other things going on um, that us women have you know, to work harder at the virtual assistance kind of thing. And the entrepreneur is we have to build each other up. We have to be on the same side. So support anyone. If somebody's got a dream, you're working alongside someone, build them up. Don't criticize. Don't go. I don't understand that. It's not right. It's not the way it's, it's a case of just saying, just being open to it. Just literally support because there's so many other things that we have to deal with. You know, should we be at home with the kids? Should we be cooking? You know, you know, we have so many of those other things going on as women. For us to be then kind of judging each other as well, it's not good. So we really just need to band together and just just really support everybody. So anyone that you meet, um, just get to know them, learn their dream and see what you can do to support their dream. Because you never know, they might be able to do something to help support your dream too. That's true. That's true. It's really important that we all work together in mm -hmm. different ways, right? And so, Absolutely. is there like, okay, this is just me being nosy now, but is there like a secret like virtual assistant group where virtual assistants like help each other out? Or like, is there like a cult of virtual assistants? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've found yet. I think it's more just in the entrepreneur world. Um, I think because virtual assistants, we're so used to being in the background, you know, because, you know, we are the kind of, support line behind the you know 99% of the entrepreneurs out front they're more of the show face um so for me I kind of um it's not that I hide away it's more so that um you know we're used to being the support line um yeah. but I do have lots of women entrepreneur groups on Facebook and social media in my local area um that, that I do go to I've got to admit, in my local area, I'm the only virtual assistant that I know. So any from Britain would be great. Um, but um, but yes. yes, I could make some friends um, because it's such a new concept here. Um, 
but like I say, I think I think virtual assistants, we are just another form of entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, we all just need to stick together. So if someone wanted to work with you, what's your dream client? Like what's your perfect F client? She's an author. She lives in Canada. And she, she I'm <laughs> Yes! <laughs> okay. I am... Um, as long as my, I don't, I don't need to know the business. I just need to be able to, to work with them. So they have to have a bubbly and, and a nice personality. Someone that's going to open up with me um, and basically help me learn what they do to be able to do my job best. Um, sometimes people can get a bit close. They don't want to teach you things about their business uh, because it's their business, but then you can't support them the best way. So somebody that's going to be really open and um, honest and um, but structured as well. You need to know what they want. Um, and that works for me. So um, I, I like, I've got lots of different clients. I've got like marketing clients. I've got authors. I've got um, events. Um, I actually have a hair salon. I've got um, someone who does wedding stationery. So it's such a varied amount of different businesses. I love touching in on all of them because it makes me feel like I've got You're a lot of single each client in their own yes yeah and you bring up something really important with the transparency because so many of us kind of like don't want anyone to know how we do or what we do because we're worried about this competition but it's like if someone can take my idea and make it better i'm not going to be mad but same vice versa right or you might have a business procedure that would literally save me days on days on days and i'm so grateful when i get those little tips where i'm like crap why didn't I think of that sooner like because it's a learning journey no matter how long you're in it it's a mm -hmm. learning journey I think daily yeah and that's it I think my um and that's where like you say about having the best client that's someone who teaches me things um because even as a, a VA I can have been an administrator for however long you're still learning things every single day but if I was to have a client that I couldn't learn from or couldn't you know go anywhere with you know and it was just kind of boring you know destruction day that that wouldn't be any fun for me I like to I like someone that's gonna push me someone that's gonna really push me because that's the reason that I'm doing this out on my own rather than sitting in an office just working for somebody because I really want to to learn and do more and, and feel like I'm achieving something and by helping um entrepreneurs like yourself I feel like I'm achieving something because more success you have you know, I'm contributing to that. And like the, the more and more you do is, you know, I get a buzz from that. And that's my perfect kind of client is to see someone rise and to see someone do really well. And me being in the background, helping push, that's, that, that's good for me. See, and I think that's so important to celebrate the successes of those around you. And that's something else that entrepreneurs really need to remember is don't be mad. You know, if someone wins the door prize that you want, I know I'm guilty of that sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I wanted that door prize. Like, <laughs> or like that their business is going ahead and you might be wondering what's going on with yours. Because I think it's kind of like a ladder, you know, like every step you take or obviously I don't climb ladders very often, but it's like, if they go up one step, they can like pull you up to the exactly. Or exactly. Is that like rock climbing? Okay, you guys. So we all know I don't do any sports. Let's just make it even more. Good. I'm like I think I think it's rock climbing, like or mountain climbing. Like one person goes up and then they pull the next person, and 
So on that note, we're going to end this podcast today. Kaylee, do you have any other tips or tricks for anybody out there who's thinking about becoming a virtual assistant? I would just say go out there and and search the the information that's out there. Everything you need to know, somebody's already done it and they're, they're out there doing it. And you can learn so much from the internet, your Google, your searches, YouTube, everything's out there already. You just have to go and learn it and, and just think positively and, and, and just go for it because don't you don't know until you try it. I have a mentor yeah. in my life and he always says, he's like, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. He's like, I'm just trying to add some glitter to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's it. But, but by, by going out there and learning from other people, you can, you can put your own twist on it. You, you know, you don't have to copy, but it's just about kind of learning and soaking it up um, and just being open to new ideas. Yeah. And staying true to yourself, of course. Absolutely. So if someone wanted to get a hold of you, if they had a question about what it's like to be a VA, if they had a question, if they wanted to be a VA, how can they get a hold of you? Okay. So I am on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and I do have a website and of course email. So you can always get in touch with me. Okay. And what are the names of those? Okay. So I am Amori Administration Services on Instagram and Facebook. My LinkedIn is my, my, my real name. That's Kaylee Green. <laughs> and my email address is Kaylee amgreen at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, I love that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I feel like people are going to get some great tips, some great books, and just have a lot of fun and realize that, hey, the Scots aren't as boring as the movies make them seem. <laughs> no, no. They're not, we're not well. So sometimes you only see the kilts and the, um, you know, the fighting, but hey ho. You know what? I always see <laughs> the love stories. Like, P.S. I love you. Oh, like, okay. I feel like if you go to Scotland or Ireland, you fall madly in love. Like, that's just Yeah, happens. that's true. I do live in a very picturesque part of the country. Okay. Um, so I am very, very lucky. Awesome. So you guys, if you want a picturesque memory or a picturesque fun, give Kaylee a call. And remember on your entrepreneur journey, there's going to be struggles, but you just got to take the plunge. Stop procrastinating with a tip we talked about today that both of us are bad for. <laughs> I don't, ooh. Uh, stop procrastinating. Work on your personal development. Take the plunge. And I think that was like the biggest tips that we talked about today. Just have fun. Make sure you get some sleep. Oh, yeah. See how she's calling me out again, you guys? Okay. On that, we're going to call this an end of a day. Bye, Kaylee. Oh, hang on.